On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. No, Matt has kept a straight, normal-looking face. Yeah, as normal as, as Matt's normal face. as your face can look. <laughs> You're listening to Tall Can Audio. I have something to say to you. Here's your host. The issue here, sir, is that everyone fucking hates you. Matt Robinson. What's happening, everybody? Episode 959 of the Talk and Audio Podcast. Coming to you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Talk and Audio. We'd love it if you'd give us a follow there. And I don't know, as long as you got nice things to say, we'd like to hear what you, uh, what you think of these episodes. We've been trying to do this for a little while, but, uh, but things keep coming up. Chris Hoffley's in the studio today. What's happening, man? Hello. Wonderful to be here in person. Glad you're back. In this sorta. W- wicked studio. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, a studio. It's like, it's like in your apartment, but it's legit a studio. Right. There's like a green room with a keg and then you just come in and, you know, no one notices if you slip out to top off your beer and kind of slide back in and get back to work. It's good. It feels feels right again, (laughs) finally, after all this time. Uh, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast on, uh, wherever you're listening right now, Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google pods, wherever you're hearing us, there's a follow button. There's a subscribe button. Go ahead, hit that. And, uh, you know, we'll keep the good stuff coming for you. Uh, you know how we do things around here, man. We kick things off with a pint, uh, and we already may have kicked things off, as I said, in the aforementioned green room with a pint, but allegedly, uh, allegedly, uh, what do we got going on here for this one? Well, I have raided your fridge, and I have found a Bang Bang oh, yeah. Dry Hop Sour out of Left Field Brewery. As much of my brilliance and ideas come from, it's always out of left field and <laughs> takes everyone, including myself, by surprise. Um, so this is your second baseball-themed brewery or beer of the day, actually. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you're running a theme, man. That's true. The Mill Street I had just to kick things off. Their one of their loggers was a Blue Jays partnership. Yeah, deal. The Blue Wave. The Blue Wave. It was nice. You a baseball guy at all? I I played baseball a lot as a kid. I was like, I was a like decent little league first baseman. One year All Star. <laughs> true so, story. Yeah. I uh, at first base. Though. I dislocated my elbow when I was twelve. Right. When I jumped off a ski lift. Oh. Showing off with some friends. Yeah. My two buddies did it first, and they were fine. Of course they were. And then I did it, and I was less fun. Yeah. Um, and did your fledgling baseball career? It pretty much like I kind of fell behind after that because it took me a while to recover from from that particular injury and um you know stuff happens and life happens and i i don't know that was pretty much the end of my like 
the rise of my baseball career. I think I might have stuck around for a bit, but it was it was tough sledding after that. But you're just uh, just in general here for a Saturday afternoon or whatever, not into sitting down with the ball game. It's not really your deal. Yeah, so <laughs> that was the point of your question. I about my, <laughs> my sordid pass with chairless. Um, yes, I I like to dabble in some baseball watching. I love the Jays. Yeah, uh, I will always cheer for the Jays. I like them when they're good. Yeah. Like I, you know, 162 I, games is a lot like, when they're yeah, awful. Yeah, it's, it's so much. And it, like as someone who covered sports for a while as a reporter, I cannot understand how baseball journalists do that. <laughs> like it's so many games, yeah. and like when you're especially if you're writing like the game recap story, right. and just like what do like template like the Jays played the blanks today and won blank to blank. Game 89 against Kansas City in a horrible season. Yeah, but like I'm from Ugh. like you and I are similar ages, so like my like I got into baseball, like watching baseball, especially during the you know like the Joe Carter, of course, yeah, you know World Series heroic era. So I always have a soft spot for the Jays, but no, I'm not going to sit down necessarily and watch nine innings and in, like <laughs> early in the season. Well, they are uh, as we sit here right now, first place in the AL East. So that gives it a better than better odds of me getting more into them as a oh, of course, man. Like it's. Canada loves its baseball when the Blue Jays are good, and uh, less so when they're not. Um, I am into, I don't think I've had this one before. I'm almost positive I haven't. This is from the Side Launch Brewing Company up in Collingwood. Uh, This is their coffee lager. Mm. And I'm big into coffee stouts. I'm actually not into coffee at all. Like, I don't don't drink coffee. Uh, It's not weird. It's never been my thing, but I love a good coffee stout, man. It's got a nice flavor to it, a nice smell, all that stuff. Um, but you don't see a lot of coffee loggers. And so I was intrigued by this one. Uh, side launch does some cool stuff. Some of it's less cool. I'm kind of hit and miss on them, but this one, uh, upon the first sip or two, this is a hit. Enjoy this one. Yeah. yeah. It looks, yeah. It's, it, I like the can. Yeah. It looks like it would be coffee flavored. Right. Well, it is bringing a bit of that. So, um, yeah, it's not bad, man. You're, uh, you're recently back from California. <laughs> How was the vacay? Um, it was awesome. I've never taken three weeks off consecutively in all of my career. And so I did that. It was supposed to be two weeks and then I got there and really liked California. <laughs> and I was like, well, it was like kind of in my my less busy time of year before really things get rolling with training camp and, and the Reblock. So I took the opportunity to go on a proper trip. Mm-hmm. Saw some family, bounced around a little bit in the Santa Barbara area, went to San Francisco for a couple of days. Had an absolute blast. The climate there is perfect. It's like low 20s. In February, every day, sunny every day, right? No humidity at any point. Really friendly people, like everyone, like it's just you feel like almost like you're in like a just really sunny, beachier version of where we live here. In okay, Ontario, Canada. Did you see much, or was this mainly a visit kind of? Like, no, I saw a lot. I, I fortunately had some family that lived there, spent a lot of time there, so we had some good tour guides to take us on, you know, scenic drives and. uh <laughs> Wine tours and beer tours and food tours. What's the beer scene like down there? It's really good. It's not, it's maybe not quite where we're at in terms of everything being a craft, craft beer, but where we were was, was pretty good. And I found some great little pubs and little microbreweries and some new places that the local, I love going to a new place and meeting the locals and telling, having them tell me where to go. Yeah. Yeah. To drink and eat. Cause it's. You know the tourists. I want to. I want to immerse myself in the local. The local scene and yeah, the beer not, scene was good. The cocktail scene is fantastic. If you're into uh, into that kind of imbibe, imbibing, imbibement, sure. sure. Um, 
yeah, it was wicked, and the food's amazing, and yeah, nice people, beautiful scenery, and saw a lot. And San Francisco, if, if for those of you who have never been, I highly, highly recommend that too. Any uh, any sporting events while you're down? I guess it's not a ton in San Fran that time of year. No, I guess you could have gone to a Sharks game, but you know, yeah. whatever. To me. They have a. We, we talked the about day, it. We flew into LAX the day after the Super Bowl. Of course, okay. So I was kind of curious. So you probably was, walked by a like, lot of people getting very, ready to get on. Very planes. possibly. <laughs> like I didn't. I didn't see any famous. Actually, no. I did. That's not true. My one celebrity sighting was in a bar in Santa Barbara. This kind of cool, kind of hole in the wall place that someone had recommended. And I looked down the bar, and this guy's paying his bill and leaving and saying bye to everyone. And sure enough, it was Michael Douglas. Oh, okay. Wow. And he was just like, seemed to know everybody there. No selfies, nothing. No, was, everyone yeah. was really chill. Like he, he clearly goes in there. Yeah. It's maybe his spot. Yeah. Like I Googled him after that and you know, he went to university in Santa Barbara and mm. there was a film festival starting. So I think he was back to, right. to do that kind of stuff. But yeah, he was everyone, like he waved everyone, like everyone, you know, let him do his thing, but he was <laughs> probably tipped well. Sure. Yeah. Kind of leave me alone and I'll keep coming. Didn't, kind of didn't have the wife with him. No, no Catherine Zeta-Jones sightings. That who he's married to? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Good for he, you, man. He did fine. Yeah, for yeah. sure. See, this would be a way better story if she was there. Well, that's <laughs> right? what everyone asked when I tell that story. I was like, was he alone? I was like, no, but he's with another like older See, dude, I'm not a like, celeb culture kind of guy. Like, I don't, I know who that is. He's just so recognizable. Yeah, I yeah. Like that, yeah, I probably walked by other famous people that <laughs> other people might get excited about, but just, we just talked about it, I guess. Maybe it wouldn't have been on your list anyway, but had it been a different time of year, like they have one of the most beautiful ballparks in mm, in the US. And yeah. like there are people, if you remember when uh when Barry Bonds was chasing the all time home run record. record. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, there were like seventy thousand people a day in the yeah, stadium watching him take a needle right in the ass. It's <laughs> fascinating it's theater. Good watching. But um you can like there were people paddling in like their canoes and kayaks right up to like the right field wall. And so, like, the way he would hit, there was people out there trying to catch home run balls that would land in the bay. Um, make you a small fortune. And no doubt. But, like, just what a cool environment. Like, look, I, I I grew up here, right? Like, I got time for the dome. And if it's full, there's a vibe. But there's so many cool ballparks, right? With either pools or Ferris wheels or just that feel. The states in general for sport, like, high-level sports is just ne- another level. Like, yeah. Like, college any high level college sport, like you're talking about, you know, hundreds of thousands of people going to football game to watch right. 19 year olds play. It's <laughs> wild to me, but yeah, but it's like not, the it, dome it's was built in 89 and it was like the technological Marvel of the world. And then like a year and a half later, Baltimore built like this old fashioned throwback baseball stadium and everyone's like oh no that's what we should be doing better yeah and so from then on like the everyone went that way and the jays were like oh (laughs) like we had this cool thing for for an hour and then it turned out we probably should have done the the real ballpark kind of deal but we stayed at that hotel with the red blacks two seasons ago the one that's attached oh yeah okay to to the dome and it there was it wasn't in season so but you'd like sit in the restaurant and like all the windows were open onto the dark and empty ball diamond which yeah. was kind of neat and like all the rooms like they look out onto it which I'm pretty sure like they had an incident at one point with like a couple going at it up yep. against one of those windows bare assed against yeah, the center so now field they have to, I think you have to sign a waiver or something if you're there during a game that you're not gonna <laughs> do anything untoward There's, they're giving away a, uh, a contest right now um, a month at the hotel overlooking the uh the diamond, and I think it comes with tickets and, and whatever. I think it's put on by Budweiser or Miller or somebody. Anyway. Yeah, and uh, 
and you can see 35 I games. I can't imagine life. the Jays are going to be there for a month straight, so I'm not sure what you're supposed to do on the off days, but uh, yeah, I've entered. Maybe I'll be the guy with the ass pressed up against the window in center field. Good Lord. Keep keep an eye out for that, everybody. We're going to have to put a warning on this episode of the Oh, podcast. yeah. Parental we had, advisory. We had people Horrifying on Twitter asking that just... if, uh, if Hoff was coming in, if this episode was going to come with a warning. Turns out it, it might be me. It might be the problem. Uh, also should. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know if you, it was interesting because you, um, you and I were texting the one day when you were down there on vacation and you, you, you sent me a text, Hey, if you need somebody next week, I can jump on. I was like, all right. Then I checked what time it was and it was one thirty AM here. I'm like, all right, that's only 10 30 AM or PM out there. Sorry. It was, it's one thirty AM. So 10 30 PM where you are. I got up in the morning. And I'm like, I'm not going to count on that being this is vacation Hoff. He may not even remember that he offered. Yeah, to do I feel this. like I offered before. Like I got really immersed in the California culture and just kind of. Well, you were already down there when we had off. traded these texts. I didn't know you were still down there at the time. I, I thought you were back. After yeah. That. And I was sort of like, I'm not going to count on that. I, I, met, think I, this, met, I met well. But. This guy maybe have uh, already had a couple San Fran cocktails or something. Like, uh, yeah. So, uh, we, we kind of moved along and, and figured we'd, uh, you know, we get, we're only a couple weeks from, uh, from CFL camps oh, opening. Yes. It's going to be closer to normal this year. So a excited. lot closer to normal this year. What's the vibe like down around, uh, around Oseg as you guys are, are getting ready to it's, have everybody arrive? It's really exciting. Like I don't, I wasn't there when Oseg started up and the Red Blacks started in 2014, but there's this, I don't know, there's this sense of just like something finally is back to normal and we're really going to start a new real season again last season I barely count in my head for a whole bunch of reasons (laughs) COVID the fact that we weren't very good yeah Um, this year's going to be fun and it's like it feels like it's been a longer off season and I don't know I'm I'm excited to get back on the road the new staff that's come in um, with Sean Burke as a GM and and some of the coaches he's brought in to round out the, the returning coaches that we have that were already great um it's really exciting, and the t- you know free agency was a crazy mess of busy um, in the best way possible. This team's got a whole new look, yeah, and the vibe's really good, um, really upbeat. Everyone's you know it seems pulling in the same direction, and um, yeah, just counting down the days to the draft on May third, and then camp starting a couple weeks after that. Well, Marcel Desjardins was the GM here since day one. Like that's all that this mm-hmm. iteration of Ottawa football has has ever known in terms of the guy um at the helm and he did a lot of good things brought a championship to uh to ottawa way sooner than anyone would have predicted but things had started to go sideways a little bit and you know we can debate all day or uh, other people can on how much or how little he was responsible for that but sometimes it's no more complicated than a change of perspective is needed right a, a new a new vision is needed how, what's it been like with a new guy at the helm? Uh, as long as you've been working there, it's always been this way, right? And for better or worse, but it's always been one way. Listen, I'm terrified of change in general. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard for me. Um, and yeah, like Marcel was, you know, he was the guy I interviewed with him for this job. Um, you know, when I got to my my second interview and wanted to make sure they wanted to make sure it was a good fit with the football football staff, and Marcel was the guy obviously making those decisions. So I, you know, I really owe him a lot for, you know, not only signing off on them hiring me, but keeping me around for 
for you know as long as I, I've been there now, and that's since 2016. So um, you know, I had a really good relationship with Marcel, and um, Marcel was who Marcel was, and I think that's what I appreciated about him, and probably you know most people like that were in that business appreciated about him is that what you saw was what you got with him. And he was a, a straight shooter that way. And, um, but I think with any sport, like in that job, like any coach or GM will tell you, it's not a forever thing. No. Um, you know, things happen and things change and, um, made this, made this move. And it was, yeah, it was weird at first. Like you're, you've worked with this guy for a long time and you know him well. And, uh, suddenly it's, this, it's, you know, the, transition to a new guy we were fortunate that we had jeremy snyder who was our and still is assistant general manager who stepped in as the interim guy while we right. while we searched for for the new replay for the new gm which ultimately turned into sean burke and um hasn't been too too long but over the last you know few months like I, i've spent a lot of time talking with Berkey, and i just you know breath of fresh air a great guy great football brain um and see what we how busy we were in free agency. It's the busiest, uh, busiest that period of year that we've ever had with this team. So, um, yeah, it's fun. I, it's, you know, you always have that, especially in my role when you have a new coach coming in or a new GM. You have that moment of like, I hope you get along. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. If you really hard, your new boss, it'd whatever. Be, it's it'd always be tough if you felt like you were not on the same page. Oh, uh, this guy doesn't like me. Yeah, yeah, and so I've been really fortunate that that's really never happened in this in in this job, but. Um, Sean came in and it's been it's been great. He's the communication's really good and he you you feel his excitement and passion for for what he's doing and it, that's contagious. What can you tell us and I don't know how much you're willing to take us inside but a difference or two between them in how you know in what you've noticed so far whether it be approach or communication or what they're looking to do on the field like can you compare and contrast at all? I think it's just fresh eyes. Right. I think that's the that's the big thing. And you come in, and I, you know, I can't speak for Marcel if you know things got a little stale there, or the out, you know, the outlook just didn't jive with what you know the rest of the organization was hoping hoping would come next. So I think uh, Berkey just coming in and having a different approach, and right. you know, I don't know what the philosophy is specifically with you know with the GM and his scouts when they talk about exactly what kind of player skill set they're gonna they're gonna target but obviously um it was different you know the guys that we brought in addressed needs that we had that we'd lacked in different parts of the uh, roster last year and um so to have a guy come in like that with new people and new philosophies and just come in and say and, and it's the confidence of it it's like hey this is what we're gonna do like this roster is going to be really really different after this and what i really like about it is that he walk that line of bringing in a lot of new faces, a lot of new, you know, high-end skill while keeping kind of our core of returning Red Blacks that people still want to see and that have had an impact on this team for for a long time. So you're, you know, your Antoine Pruno's coming back and you're, you know, your Nate Bahar, the young guy who's really kind friend of, of the come show. a long way. Friend of the show, absolutely. <laughs> friend of everyone. That, yeah, yeah, no guy. doubt, yeah. Um, and just some of those guys that you know are st- – our difference makers still Brendan Galanders, you know, one of those special teamers that you just can't live without. Um, so to bring back all these pieces, you get Caleb Evans as a young quarterback is going to come in behind Jeremiah Masoli as the, who's obviously the starter, but just, you know, the young, you see the kind of the future of that position. So you really have seen it. The philosophies become obvious to me and you see what we're targeting and you see what we're building for and how this team is going to kind of line up and, um, not that I didn't see that before, but I have a, I just feel like that's going into this year. I have a 
a much clearer sense as not as a non you know football expert I don't, i'm not a coach i'm not a scout i'm not a you know i'm not a gm but I, I just see what this team is building to be and that's as a guy who's been around these guys and around these teams for a bunch of years i really am excited about that one of the things that's been different so far and you know we'd have no way of knowing and I suppose maybe you would, <laughs> whether or not this would have happened under Marcel Desjardins, but we're all getting, the public is getting a closer look at how this team is being put together. And you guys have run out this series here that's coming out uh, once a month so far. I'm not sure how long you guys are planning to uh, to run it, but uh, a series that's being run off your uh, your website and on, uh, on social media called Be- uh, Behind the R. Mm-hmm. And it is a... Um, well, maybe you would do a better job of comparing it to it, but it, it's kind of like with these HBO 24-7s yeah. or this style of thing where we all get to see what's happening. We're, we're being taken inside some of these interviews with players during free agency or, or internal meetings. Um, you know, there, there are cameras in this thing, and obviously there's going to be a little bit of censorship. We don't get to see it all, but we're getting to see a lot more than we ever have, in my opinion, out of any CFL franchise uh, what goes into the decision of of letting people see this much of of what's happening behind the scenes? Well, it starts very simply with Josh O'Connor, who is our video content mastermind at Oseg. Uh, Josh is just a brilliant, talented video guy. Yeah, um, and he's got an incredible eye and a great brain for for ideas of how to showcase the product that we're trying to sell to fans. And he came up with Behind the R. Um, and our team is basically promoting this series of, yeah, behind the gritty, behind the scenes, not watered down, not just showing the good parts and the easy parts and the stuff that you want to pat yourself on the back on, but like, <laughs> you know, showing in free agency the guys that we targeted that we didn't ultimately sign sure. or, or, you know, some of these – these conversations with uh, head coach Paul Apolis and Jeremiah Masoli. Well, we even got signed. to go inside the hiring of the new GM. Um, well, and that's kind of what the show is built around. It's like we're going to start this off by showing this process of of our people, our executives, with you know Mark Gowdy, the CEO, um, Adrian Sierra, who's my boss, um, and you know our ownership with Roger Greenberg and and his and his ownership group, and showing you know and it was all a lot of Zoom calls and a lot of. Yeah. You know, intricately trying to hire a guy who's also on other teams' radars, <laughs> and and trying to get it done in a. And I, you know, I I haven't been that close to that process before, so it was really it was really neat to to see that unfold. That kind of kicked off this whole thing, and you know, the next episode that's going to come out is going to be um, on the combine, and we're going to lead this you know lead this into in training camp, and hopefully hopefully beyond that, we'll we'll see how it goes. But it's been it's been very well received, and it's very real, and that's the. the the conversations we had around that were were really like, if we're gonna do this. Like, let's not screw around and just show. It's, we don't want it to be some PR propaganda bullshit that right. you're just like, hey, we're great and we're so excited for football because we love football and we like to win football games. And <laughs> um, no, you show you hear the real real conversations. Well, I think in the last one during free agency, we saw like a peek behind. Um, you know, a player signing somewhere else chose somewhere over mm-hmm. Ottawa, right? Yeah. Like here's and it here's, happened. It yeah, happens. here's a failure, so not a failure of the fr- but here's not a glowing moment. Right? No, you it, go hard on guys and you don't get what you want, and, right? And shit happens, and 
they choose somewhere else for yeah. whatever reason. And so if it is. You could just, always get every single guy that you wanted. You'd, you know, right. But it would be very easy to just show the ones that you did get. For sure. Right? Yeah. Here's, here's what the room looked like when we didn't get our guy. Yeah. And that's, that was the whole goal. It's like, if we're going to do this and put this many resources into it and, and, you know, promote it as, as much as we have, like, let's do it. Let's give people what they actually want to see. And that's what I would want to see. Like, I love the stuff when I watched, you know, hard knocks or the 24 yep. seven with the NHL. It, like, I want to see that. Like, yeah. the, I want to see guys argue sometimes. And I want to see that it's not <laughs> always this instant process where everyone's just on the same page and there's no conversation. It's like there's so much goes into putting a pro f- sports team on the field or on the ice or whatever. And it's a chance to show that to people a little bit. Well, all holding, you know, you don't see everything. No, because, of course. Because no one wants to see me just stressed out, like pacing the hallways. And, no. Yeah. No. We're seeing plenty of Hoff as it is. That's, it's, that's, that's enough. enough. We're overhoffed. When uh, overhoffed, uh, show titled. Thank you. Um, when this does get brought forward by Josh, is there a moment where it feels like this isn't going to happen? Like when if if you've decided we're going to do this or we're not going to do it, and then we're not going to gray area this thing, we're not going to half ass it. Is there pushback from anywhere? Is there someone who goes, I don't know, guys. Like let's. Yeah, I mean, you always have those conversations. I mean, I thought he was fucking crazy to begin with when he, when he started this thing because it's like I because I know what I knew what he was thinking because it was like it was such a good idea, but you like how is he gonna do this? Right, like it's uh, it's such a big it's such a big undertaking, and that you need so much buy in throughout the organization. Yeah, well, really, if one coach or one management member right. says I'm not going to be a part of this, then it all falls apart. Yeah, and so everyone, you know, again. Credit to Josh and our team. You know, everyone liked what they heard. And, um, you know, it's starting with Sean Burke at the top there and saying, yeah, and like, and, and, and him pushing too, like, no, we're going to do this. It's going to be real. Um, won't sugarcoat too much. And, you know, just like, uh, it's just kind of a bird's eye view of things that are, that are going on without being, you know, too over, overdone or dramatic. And just you get to see some of the personalities and how they all fit together. Do you expect, because one of the things that, uh, that has been a problem historically in the CFL is being a little too married to tradition. And uh, sometimes the league's a little bit stodgy. Do you expect that this will spread? Have you guys heard anything from other teams? Yeah, there are a few, there are a few teams doing it now. I think the, the lions just released one. I okay. think Alouettes might have one in the works. Like I think it's like you want to get out there, right? You want to do something different. You want to push the, the envelope feedback, forward. The feedback has been outstanding. Like yeah. the league has been great at, at promoting it. Um, team you know other team we knew we figured this was going to set a bit of a precedent for other teams and we hope so because that's the feedback that we get is that I don't know a lot of people comment on these posts of these videos yeah, and yeah. like we want more of this like where have you been <laughs> like come on like let's go you know we're <laughs> sure. and and I get it as a fan of sports because and especially football because you're you're trying to sell personalities and want people to bond with the team and have favorite players. But these guys are always in helmets. They're like yeah. like tons of gear. Right. Um, so it's harder when you're just watching the highlights or watching them practice or or whatever. Well, we hear this all the time, right? The NBA promotes their stars so well because there he is. He's yeah, right there he's on there. the TV. He's basically in like normal face, like right? I'm yeah. shorts and a shirt. And hockey and football. It's tons of gear. It's helmets. It's yeah. whatever. And it's, at least hockey, you know, you don't have the full. That's true. The full, mask isn't there. Yeah. Grill. And so football, I think, is probably one of the trickiest ones aside from maybe like fencing or something. Right. Like, <laughs> Wearing like a full-on mask. I haven't seen a lot of fencing 24-7 <laughs> specials. So I, I, but. I, would, I think we're on to something. So I think, I think it's huge for that. And I think, 
you know, we have like, I mean, football, my God, like the personalities you have on a football team. Yeah. Like there's so many guys for starters. Yeah. They come from every walk of life imaginable. Canadian, American, European now. Yep. Um, Mexico. Mexico. So like you, you, you're all over, like you've got this real big push for, for global players. So you have like, everyone's from a different kind of upbringing. Their stories, how they got to football are different. Mm -hmm. The staff that we have are really interesting. You know, most of the time they, they, like they have stories of how they got to, to being, to being where they are in the game and people love to see that. And then when you have them at a practices and stuff, they're like, Hey, like this is like, we just put out these, this short on Brendan Golanders. That's kind of a offshoot of the show where we're just kind of showing like individual stories and sure. like clips of it. And it's just very real. And him talking about getting hurt right at the beginning of, of his hundredth game last season and what he went through with that. And yeah, it just shows the guys as people. Cause I think we all can admit that most society treats pro athletes as commodities <laughs> and, entertainment pieces and trying to show them a little bit of what the, what makes these guys tick. So I got something else here. I want you to try in a second, but before we move oh, off no. the CFL, yeah, before we do that last thing here on football, because Trides and I talked quite a bit or she's known around here. Screeds. So I was going to say, you mean Screeds? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like when I accidentally called you Chris the last time you were on, yeah. it was weird. Makes me uncomfortable. It's weird. Um, we talked quite a bit throughout the 2020 season, which ended up getting canceled. And when we were leading up to 2021, there was all kinds of talk about the XFL and the CFL. Like, <laughs> what was going to happen? Is there going to be a merger? Is there going to be crossover games? There was all kinds of speculation and it all amounted to fucking nothing. Right. Um, right. But we some, for some reason over the course of this winter again, started to start, started to start, uh, started to hear, started to learn English and how to speak. No, it. never. I'm not, not doing a it. Chance. No. Um, we began to hear a lot more again about four downs in the CFL. This became a story again. And it seems like every now and then, um, I think one of the things the screeds and I talked about when the XFL thing was going on that maybe it wasn't necessarily fully intentional. Maybe it was, but it did keep people talking about the CFL when the CFL wasn't happening. So, you know, you don't want to be necessarily thought of as an entity that could be swallowed up or merging with another entity, but it did keep it relevant at a time when maybe it wouldn't be. Through this year's offseason, we were back to the four down conversation, and that's one that floats itself I, I don't know, seemingly every 18 months or so. We Boring. We have the, 18, uh, the four down conversation in the CFL again. Why did it float itself again this year? And can you ever see a time that the CFL would consider moving to it? I I don't know. Like I, I think people get bored during the off season. Is mostly what it is. Yeah. And people whose teams maybe weren't as good the season prior, are like, oh, we got to make this better. <laughs> it's like when your team loses in overtime. The granted, the NFL's overtime system is bullshit too. It's but flawed, like, horrible. It's always a team that's on the losing end of that. Yes. It's going to start the friggin' petition to change yep. things, right? Because if you're winning, you don't care about the rules no. not being great. <laughs> um, so I think it's one of those things that just. There's, the NFL is so big and powerful and macho and all that other shit. That, um, and so many people watch it that I think it's just easy to get there. And for some people, like, oh, if we want to, if we want to make the CFL, you know, quote unquote, better, well, shouldn't we be more like the NFL? Yeah. See, there's no better reason not to. Yeah, I wholeheartedly <laughs> disagree with that premise. Yeah. Um, because you just want to become the B League of. Yeah, at least I'm, this is different. Well, I'm this biased is, as hell because I like I love the CFL. Of I work we all for the do. CFL, yeah, and yeah. Um, I'm proud to be part of that. 
part of this league, but I also think it's better. Yes. Like, I think it's more exciting. I think three downs is cool and unique and makes you approach the game And if nothing else is different. Yeah. I, you, I, as soon as so, you uh, become another four-down league, you're just a worse NFL. I think it's more <laughs> challenging to play in the CFL, and you see that when you get guys that have played in the NFL and come over and it, like people assume that you're just going to come yep. to the NFL or the CFL and be like a world breaker. That's why Johnny football did so well up here. Right. <laughs> it just doesn't always have, sometimes it does, but yeah, it doesn't sure. usually. And you, it's a, it's a mind fuck for a lot of these guys. Cause you come over and the rules are different enough and the setup is different enough that yeah. you have to learn not quite a whole new game, but like a big chunk of what you, what you're familiar and comfortable with. Right. So, I think it's good to have the conversations. I think it's good that people are engaged and want to make their league better. I think it's cheap and easy to think that just being more like the NFL is a solution to doing that. It's funny to see the players react to it up here. Like Nate Bahar himself was tweeting about, you give me four downs on this size field. Yeah, yeah like, I'm going <laughs> to own you. Like, yeah. it's, and so you can't. I think that's the other thing, too. You can't like pick and choose some of these rules because the games are built differently. Yeah. So if you're going to go to four downs, yeah, and like the field size and the end zone size, right. and the, you know, but that's again what makes the CFL so exciting is that you're you've got this wide field and you're you use your receivers differently mm-hmm. and you have to, you know, the last few minutes of a CFL a tight CFL game compared to an NFL game in yeah. the fourth quarter, yeah. holy shit, like it's not even close, right? So I don't, you know, again, I'm like I. I get a salary from work regardless. So it's not like, <laughs> it's not like it, you know, I, I think the CFL yeah, is. If they switch next off season, you'll be in here telling us why it's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but, it, you know, I, I think that, you know, so I can't say that they need to keep, just keep doing it the way they're doing it because I know everyone needs to make more money and, you know, broadcasters want to get more eyeballs on it. But I, I like the game the way it is right now. And, you know, we can like split hairs over the hash mark. Sure. And, and all that stuff. But, I don't know. I think marketing the game is where you're going to get more people involved yeah. and interested in it. And that's, again, like going back to the series that we're doing as, as part of that. Like we want people to come in because they want to watch these guys play a good game in a cool atmosphere. Like it, well, whether it, we it, give them six downs, I don't know if it's going to change it, the it, average person that much. It's just hard. Like, yeah, it just – I don't want to be the same but worse. Yeah. Like you, that's yeah, the thing. You don't want to be the AHL to the right to the NHL. That's hard to sell. Yeah, because you're always pulling. You know, you see it with the AHL teams. Some of them have great fan bases, but yeah. they're always losing their best players when right. they get called up to the to the big club. So, like that, I don't so know. Have a different hard. skill set. Yeah. Have a different rule set. Have a lot of things that at least differentiate you. And and then you don't have to have the argument: Are you better than the NFL? Because there aren't many leagues in the world that are going to win that argument. Right. But we're different than the NFL. We're selling a different game here. Like we also kick, when we kick the ball off, we're kicking it to someone usually. And they have to, <laughs> like, I'd rather see a guy try to run back a kick than like just slamming it through the end zone right. every time we're starting <laughs> on the 25. Here we go again. And it's just sometimes it's funny. Like I remember the the campaign that they ran for uh, the CFL, our balls are bigger. Like to me, that's hilarious. That's good that. shit. I like that <laughs> kind of like, not, not even edgy, but you're just kind of like, you're kind of pushing the envelope yeah. a little bit on the, on the marketing and it's clever. And, it's and it gives and CFL it's... fans something to go. Yeah. Fucking right. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's... Bring a ball wagon. Content. <laughs> like, look at our ball. Yeah. No, it's, I think I love that stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. like, to me is what. You just got to market better. Capture you just got to do these sorts yeah. of things. Right. So. So before we move into uh, to talking a little hockey and, and some other stuff you guys got going on over at Oseg, I wanted to try something else here because 
because I've never tried this. This is uh, from our friend, friend of the show. Not everybody gets to say that. This is one of your cooler friends. Honestly, way cooler than, yeah, than me. some friends. Yes. When, when Hoff can't do it, we reach out to this guy and see if he can fill in, right, as a secondary plan. Uh, Bob McKenzie was on the show just before Christmas, I believe was the most recent uh, time. He was talking about this new beverage he had coming out, the Bobby Margarita. And, uh, and it's here. We have it. I'm very excited. We've been hooked up. Are you a margarita guy? I am. I'm not much of a tequila guy. Right. That, you know, goes back to my checkered past as a young person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to get, yeah, I yeah. have a, I have a, I have, I have a complicated relationship yeah. with tequila. Remember at Facebook, like the relationship status early on? Yeah, sure. It's, it's complicated. complicated. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Uh, but I do like a good margarita and my family loves margaritas. So every time we have like a cottage wedding, someone makes a batch of horrifically strong margaritas <laughs> and you watch all the aunts and uncles get just blasted. But yes. And I've been excited to try this. I have not tried it yet. I too Big have Bob a McKenzie fan. Yeah. I, I too have a complicated relationship with tequila in that I had it one time. Also very young and decided, nope, that's the end of that. We'll never do that again. Uh, but this uh, is a canned margarita. Um, that comes from the, uh, the McKenzie compound as he, uh, he would frequently, for those who haven't heard the story, when he would leave basically right after free agency day, July 1st, he would get in his truck, head for the cottage and you would not hear from Bob McKenzie again until hockey season started again. And he would be making different margaritas and stuff at the lake. And, I want his life. Yeah, honestly. And, and during the summer. Sean McKenzie's Twitter feed or Instagram feed was money. Right? If you wanted to see how yeah. Bob was living his best life during the summer, Sean wasn't afraid to post it. Uh, I guess he was approached and said, do you want to make a, a margarita? We'll brand it with your name. And they sat down, did some tasting sessions. Uh, we'll share the link to the episode where Bob was on to talk about it in the show notes, uh, wherever you're listening right now or talkinaudio.com. But uh, yeah, went through and uh, came up with the one that was closest to Bob's recipe and then had to go through and figure out how to get it down to like 5% to be canned. He wanted <laughs> this to be something that you could do, you know, take with you while you were golfing maybe or, uh, or whatever else. make it a 12% tall can. No, exactly. Like some of the pints in your fridge. Yeah, there, there are, are a couple Robinson of those. Of tall can audio. Um, but I've never had a margarita at all. So I have no idea. That's weird. What I'm, I guess so. I'm really not a very experimental per- I like beer, so I drink beer. And the, if you want me to get crazy, here's a rum and coke There's from There's not Matt, a lot of right? layers here. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, I will try any sort of beer you want me to try, but but it's, it's beer. Right? If this if this ends up being gross, is that going to ruin my chances of being, like, should I lie? Or is that going to ruin my chances of being Bob McKenzie's friend one day? I can't imagine Bob's listening right now. Well, if, one can hope. Yeah. Uh, I would say you can be honest about okay. it. I'm, I'm going to be honest about it, but I have no idea. Like, I just tell me here before we even open this up, what should I be expecting? Is this going to be citrusy? Is this going to be? Yeah, it's all about the lime. Okay, so it should be it should be limey. Okay, but like with like a little bit of sour, but not too crazy. Like, all right, it should be a little sweet in there too, and then like a tequila undertone. Okay, all right. Well, we're going to do this. This is the uh, the Bobby Margarita. And uh, thank you, as always, to, uh, to Bob McKenzie. I think he's going to be back on the show in the summer, which is going to be awesome. Uh, we'll get summertime, margarita time, Bob. Summer Bob. Yeah. Uh, so we'll crack this open, the Bobby Margarita. That was a good one. Yeah. Smells like a margarita. Yep. It smells like stuff. I'm already nervous. I shave. 
It's not bad. It's different than I would have expected. I was expecting more of a like a sprite kind of. Mm, yeah, no, no, no. This, this tastes more tropical. This tastes more like a margarita. Like it definitely tastes like okay. a margarita. Yeah. I didn't read what we got on here. It's mellow. Like it's not like it doesn't smack you in the face. No, I attribute that to the five percent. Yeah, having to reel it in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, let's be let's be reasonable here. Tequila makes enough people make bad decisions. Seriously. Um, huh. Interesting. Uh, you you do definitely get though a tequila do, taste sure. to it. That's, I don't know that's I, there. Late. I don't know if I could have like a lot of these. Right. But the tequila is coming in late. Like I feel like that's like the trailing flavor. Yeah. That's the a nice mouth feel. Is that what people say when they sure. taste things like that? I am definitely, definitely remembering Bob and Steve's house in grade twelve, and uh, <laughs> the last time I had tequila. <laughs> it definitely, there's no doubt it's tequila. Like, it's it right. smells like tequila. Yeah, but uh, honestly, better than I expected. I thought this would be one of those things that I would have a sip or two on the show. Give everybody a laugh at my expense while I cringe. Well, no, and... Matt has kept a straight, normal-looking face. Yeah, as normal well, as, as Matt's normal face. as your face can look. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, this is much better than I would have expected. A week ago on the show, episode nine fifty-six, people want to check it out. I believe it was. Uh, we tried the uh, bourbon infused or banana infused bourbon, and there was a full face scrunch hard shutter i mean bourbon's still bourbon if you're not a bourbon guy and i'm not so uh yeah we'll, we'll post the link to that one too if people want to check this out this is better than i thought it was going to be not that i expected bob had bad taste i expected that i was not going to uh yeah i was more questioning if it was going to taste like a margarita right or not. it definitely tastes like a margarita okay and since i have I'd probably like pour about. this over some ice maybe like that, sure that would be nice too yeah you can uh, if you want you on a balcony diva. well yeah. not now <laughs> like on the sun on a beach but like if you're are you a golf guy? Yeah, I dabble. Not well. No. But if someone came around with the beer cart, would you choose this over a beer? Mm, I don't I love yeah. a golf course beer. Okay, yeah. Or That's a fair. Caesar. Yeah. Okay. I love a can Caesar too. I'm weird yeah. that way. Okay. So yeah, maybe. But like if everyone else is having a margarita on the golf course, I'd probably get in on that. But it probably wouldn't be my first go in any situation. So one of the things that uh, obviously Bob is still kicking around doing as he sort of moves into semi-retirement is the World Juniors. And this year's World Junior is still in flux as we sit here right now. It's fluxing. It's not going to be in Russia because Russia's doing some stuff that that most of the world is not on side no, with. No, no. So they will not be hosting the uh, the World Juniors this Christmas. Uh, not surprising to anybody, Hockey Canada stepped up and go, yeah, we can do it. We Love enjoy, our hockey. We enjoy a good World Juniors. Um, we're looking to make back some money after, uh, after two now in Edmonton that, man, you feel bad for those guys, right? Like they, they did the bubble World Junior a year ago, a year and a half ago, doesn't got a canceled one. Right. But that bubbled one, they couldn't have any fans at. Yeah. And then this year, they canceled halfway through because Omicron was just running wild. Um, and so they're going to have one in August, and we'll see what that looks like in terms of who's available, what NHL teams now make guys just before training camp available. I don't know what that's going to look like. But the one this Christmas uh, is still up in the air in terms of who in Canada is going to host it. And uh, we have seen that, I believe, Saskatoon and Regina have a joint bid in together. Uh, London and Kitchener have a bid in together. Quebec City and Trois-Rivières, I believe. 
and uh, and Halifax and Moncton, as well as an Ottawa slash Ottawa. Yet, as uh, the Sens and the Ottawa Sports and Entertainment Group, who own the 67s, are uh, you know also have a bid in here to do this. And we talked about this a little bit last week on the show. Uh, that one of the great things about all the markets that are in on this is that they're junior hockey hotbeds. And we've seen too many Toronto slash Montreal, Montreal slash Toronto, Calgary, Edmonton, um, Vancouver, Victoria. I guess that one is okay. Um, Ottawa is an interesting one because it's the only one where it's in the same city. It has an NHL-sized building that you could play all the Canadian games at and and make the money that Hockey Canada is going to want to make off of this, but also in a junior hockey city that has huge support for the 67s and a secondary building that's that's right there uh, in, in the downtown area. What has it been like trying to, to put this together? How, who approaches who between, obviously this is a, I don't know how much you're going to want to touch it. I'm not going to ignore the elephant in the room. The relationship for our listeners will acknowledge here is, has not always been super cordial between the senators, or maybe cordial at best is what we would call it, between the senators and the Ottawa Sports and Entertainment Group. But we're moving forward now with a joint bid. The 67s need to be involved because this is a junior hockey tournament. The Senators need to be involved because we want to use the big building out in Canada. Who approaches who? How has this process gone thus far? And, you know, what do you guys think are, are the prospects for landing this thing? Well, it was basically all on me. I got the two sides together in a room and I said, no, I... I God, I, John. I, I, <laughs> um, honestly, I, I don't know who approached who, but I do know that both sides are very very committed to making this work and frankly i think the only way that we're gonna have a fun tournament is if it's in ottawa wow <laughs> no i'm in Just all seriousness it down, like, eh? there's some really good hockey cities in this country yep. and we love our hockey and we love our world it's like a christmas tradition of for course everyone, right yeah. so um you know, there's lots of people that could pull this off and do a really good job. We see it every year. Um, cities do everything they can do to make the World Juniors a really cool thing. And I just think Capital City, coming out of all this COVID stuff for the last couple of years, the difficulties this tournament's had for the last couple of years. Um, Were you on the media side sense. of things? It was last year in 09. Were you... Were you co- yeah. Did you cover it? Do you remember what you were... Did you go to it? Did you attend it? I did. I yeah. definitely saw some games. I'm trying to think. I don't think I covered it specifically. I was no. in the media then. But, yeah. Um, it's an amazing It's an amazing tournament. Like, I love watching the juniors, and I love, you know, working with the 67s. Um, it's such a cool level of talent, and these guys are, you know, play... They're the hardest-working athletes I, I get to work with. They're not pros yet. They're getting there. They want to be... There's none of the stuff that comes with being a pro and the, you know, these are just like purely do it. These kids are purely doing it because they love, they love to play this game and want to get to the next level. So it's such good hockey. Right. Ottawa is such a good hockey city, despite what like people in your hockey cities <laughs> fans would probably say about it. Um, and we just, I think we would do a really good job. I think between our rink, which is, which is great and, you know, very central and the big rink with the Sens, 
I mean, again, bias. I think it's a no-brainer. I think it's you know these two team, these two organizations are really you know excited to work together on this, and the sends have been great with us. And I know Mark Gowdy um, from from OSEG and Anthony LeBlanc from the sends were trading tweets, um, yes. get trying to you know drum up support and getting people to to share that. So I encourage listeners to go and check those out and, <laughs> and throw your support in. But um, both sides are having fun with it. And it's a, it's a, it's a big business thing, but it's also a fun thing to be part of. And we just want to, you know, encourage people to spread the word that we would do a, as Mark Gowdy says, a kick-ass uh, World Juniors tournament with, with Oseg and Ascend. So I'm confident. We'll see what happens. One of the things that we talked about a week ago here was the idea that we wanted to see it back in a junior hockey market that if it was here in Ottawa, I would absolutely buy tickets. I mm-hmm. want to see this thing. But as a, you referenced my team, like I had said for years and years, I didn't live here when it was in Ottawa last. I, I hadn't yet moved here. And I had always said, if it came to my hometown, I would go. But Toronto fucked it up. Now imagine that. If Toronto and Hamilton or Toronto and Barrie, or Toronto and Oshawa, or Toronto and almost any junior hockey city nearby had done what Ottawa is planning to do here, that would have been awesome. And if Instead, Mont- the Leafs treated it like a first-round playoff series. Bowed out a little early, let Montreal take the rest. I don't know if that's a good... I don't love that comparison, but I see why you had to do it. Um, it's right there. They split it with Montreal twice, right? Toronto had Canada for the round robin... And then the playoffs were all in Montreal. And then I think two years later, it was the the opposite. Montreal had Canada for the round robin and the playoffs were all in Toronto. If it wasn't that, it was vice versa. I don't want that. I don't want half a tournament, right? And I love the idea, frankly, that a Kitchener London could do this, right? Saskatoon, Regina, Halifax. I love the idea that these junior hockey hotbeds are going to have a crack at this after doing Toronto, Montreal, Buffalo, Vancouver, Edmonton. Like, these are all big NHL cities, and I get why you do it. But this tournament was so awesome when it was rotating through Red Deer and Winnipeg and, like, these sorts of... If it's going to be in Ottawa... Like, to me, the reason the Ottawa bid maybe makes the most sense is you still have a junior hockey hotbed, right? You have that tied into it. But you do still get to use that twenty thousand seat. That big ring. Yeah, that twenty thousand. Well, that, that's seat the building. ultimate thing. Like yeah. you said, like it's it's a, not only a junior team, but a junior team that has an incredible long history. Yes, and is well known throughout junior hockey, the, the entire CHL, and has had some really good success in the last couple of years, despite COVID. Um, in the playoffs right now, making a go of it. Um, and yeah, with the hometown NHL team, you don't like you have this historic junior team, and really, you know, I'm again, I love the Sens, so, <laughs> but great, great Sens team with their ease, people ease. doing great, stuff. Set. great uh, like off ice team. Maybe <laughs> have you seen them lately? They're good. It's going to be a good. This is going to be a playoff team next year. They are 32 points out of the playoffs. Be a playoff this team year. next year. Okay. Oh my god. Let's stay on topic because otherwise we, it's going to devolve. We quickly. can revisit. Yeah. We can revisit we can. this. But you know, despite you know, there's obviously a lot of talk about the Sens as an organization over the last little bit, and for you know, a whole bunch of reasons that I'm not going to touch on. But sure. um, there's a lot of great people that work in that organization. No doubt about I know that. a lot of them, and like, you know, people that are just great sports people and want 
you know, want to make this work as much as we do on our on our side. So right. I think if we you know, like to, you know, we're the two big sports organizations in the in the capital city of the country, we can work together on this and have a really good time doing it. I think that's what we're seeing right now. Any idea on when we can expect to find out where this is going to land? Not the slightest. Okay. I don't, I, that's above my pay grade. I hope, I mean, you got to think sooner, like much sooner than yeah, later. Cause like, like, it's like, already this, under this the is going to, you know, we're, we're what April now, like late April. So this is, we're getting there. So we need to, uh, that needs to happen because team, like it's a big undertaking to host a tournament like this. So you need the prep time. Well, even the O and the NHL both need to do schedules that will allow. Exactly. <laughs> and like we, you know, obviously we have a, like both arenas do concerts and other right. events that come in that you have to work with schedule wise. So yeah, stuff has to happen. So I would think sooner than later, I don't think people are going to be waiting for very long because you just need the, the runway to, to get this done. So um, yes, we're going to go with soon. Okay. <laughs> soon it is. Uh, you got a f- favorite world junior memory, favorite tournament, favorite anything. Uh, I, it's probably been different for you since you started working with the players who were yeah, going to go. It's hard for me to say, like, just like anytime Canada wins is a good world. Of course. Yeah. Right. You know, the, so the, most Aber- of the Eberle days, Those, like amazing. his, that was his Ottawa, year yeah. was, that was at Ottawa. Yeah. That, that was, was 09. Yeah. So like that would stand out with me probably the most like that. Yeah. That was, that was unbelievable. And, um, I just love, I love seeing how, that's why I was so devastated for these kids last year when I got, when the, this past tournament, when they got canceled because of COVID. Yeah. Was, you brought everybody over. I know, they did I all know the right what things. goes in. I know how hard these guys work to get to that point. And Dave Cameron, our head coach was the coach and like, yeah. he just, you know, it, it sucks. And it's, you know, it was, it, it was the right decision to sure cancel a tournament at the time and you know you can argue about whether they should have had it to begin with but it's it's so much harder when you get there and you're getting going and then you kind of have the rug pulled out from under you so that was one of the things that i thought people were a little unfair about with the cancellation was you're forgetting that these are teenagers yeah You you have a duty of care when these are kids coming over to play that maybe had it been a world championships or a you know an event full of adults there's a certain amount of they chose to come yeah, they we're knew the about risks. 17, 18 year olds. Yeah, like these are teenagers. If this is deemed to be unsafe, then you have a duty to shut it yeah, down. Yeah, it, it was devastating for them, but also not the end of the world. Like it's like they'll, they'll yeah, you know, you don't. Probably, it's not worth the risk. Like right. you, it, it just you know, sports is sports, and like not getting super sick or potentially dying from a shitty disease is also more important than sports. It does seem that way, doesn't it? You would think not, not, to, not everyone not agrees. To everybody, but, but, no. you know. All right, you. You've been poking at it here for a bit. We are approaching uh, playoff time in the NHL. Your team will not be participating in those playoffs. Uh, I guess there's a possibility they might be next year. They will be. Uh, They are uh, 32 points outside the playoffs as we sit here right now. That would require at least 16 more wins next year than they have. Easy. Easy. All right. Uh, look, I'll allow you the opportunity to speak on my team because I know you're going to take it, whether I offer it or not here in a moment. What are we, what is it that you're seeing out of the senators this year that has made you so confident that they will be 16 <laughs> wins better next year? Well, I'm, I'm just such a long suffering sense fan that I'm just blindly off to, but no, I think real, realistically, you know, playoffs, I, you know, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility next year. I think this team is certainly on the way up and are trending in the right direction. It's a long way. Brady yeah. is captain shit. Okay. 
And that's like Josh Norris. Josh Norris is very good. And I have been taking, I don't know if you followed this or not. It's still getting brought back up in my mentions every now and then. This is probably like a month and a half ago. I tweeted that Josh Norris will end up being better than Nick Suzuki. Damn right. And I, Mon- the city of Montreal is in my mentions. You fucking sends Homer. You don't know anything. You sends loser. I'm like, I, I've never been more offended by anything that's been said to me. I'm a sends Homer all of a sudden. Well, that's a weird thing to say to you, but I appreciate the support on this. It's not support. It is objective analysis. Timmy, Timmy Stew. If he can stay up on his feet. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know. He, he it. So many young players go they through the this. same shit. Yes, they do. I just think it's such a funny art. Like Crosby was the whiniest yep. baby on the planet for the first yep. half of his career. So half um, is a little much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so when like, you come up getting every call player, going your way, you show up in the NHL and everybody's just like, no, I don't give a shit. I'll take Stitzel, Stitzel on my team over friggin' Gallagher. So at this point, at sure. This <laughs> yes, that's fair. I and suppose. as for the Leafs. Not, we're not there yet. Stay oh, on topic. Shit, okay. Yeah, I know you're just chomping. Out. I'm going to force you to defend your statement that oh. they're a playoff team next year. Oh, yeah. I can I can keep going down this rabbit hole. Um, big breakout year from Zaitsev coming? Is that no, the, we got to get rid of Zaitsev. Yeah, you probably do. Uh, got to get rid that. of Uncle Deli. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm really not a fan of this, like, veteran presence. They excuse. keep doing it, like, and it keeps blowing up in their yeah, face. Yeah, so find a younger veteran. Yeah, He's okay. Better. Yeah. And More called, Connor Browns. Yeah, exactly. So that is, you know, always a s- stumbling block with this team, it would appear. Um, feeling reasonably good about goaltending all of a sudden, which I haven't felt. Forsberg? With the scent. Yeah, Forsberg, Gustafson, like Hedberg. Forsberg's uh, been so weird. Up. This guy that was on waivers three times last year. And this year has looked really good. And But I really think this, I just, I don't know, I feel a different vibe with this team. Like they seem to be having, it's like the fun young sends again. Where these players, despite their habit of not winning that many games, (laughs) seem to be having a really good time. It's a brutal habit. It's a terrible habit. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm enjoying watching them again, and I hadn't felt that way for a little little while. So even when they lose right now, I kind of like to watch an entertaining game that they lose because we don't need more points in the season. It doesn't help anything but they're gonna have to shake that mindset too <laughs> yeah so i don't know i, I i'm sticking by it i think this points. is a play i think this is a team that i will at least fight for a low playoff spot next season uh it went unacknowledged but uh a week or so ago steve warren uh also friend of the show is on here several times mm-hmm. pointed out uh that the Sens would be a playoff team next year and i knew that was coming so a year ago, man, that warns you. I had bookmarked a tweet, a very smug tweet from Steve Warren a year ago at this time that said, the Ottawa Senators are a playoff team next year and people need to get their heads around that now. That was a year ago. I posted that tweet of his. I, was very, I knew it at the time. I bookmarked it and said, you're going to want to hold on to that tweet because this is going to be a thing. And they are not a playoff team now. And so I will bookmark this statement from Chris Hoffley this year and, uh, and be prepared to roll it out next year at this time if the Sens have not made up the 32 points it's going to require to make it into the playoffs. It's a lot of points. Yeah. I will allow you the opportunity to speak on my playoff-bound team. Look, the Leafs are a decent team. Decent. And I think they deserve to Top have some the success yes. in the playoffs at some point. Yeah, 
I don't think they will. Okay. Um, why? Because I don't you know, want them. Because I don't want them to. That's not really a reason that they won't. Have I it. <laughs> I don't know. Do you feel confident about them right now? They they've been shaky lately. They are uh, ten two and two in their last. They look 14. they look shaky. They don't though. Um, Here's I would, the thing. I'll give you this. I want to see. I'd like to see Spezza win a Stanley Cup. Okay. That would if he you, better do it this year. If then. you guys got to that point, I would cheer for him. Oh, see, you saw what happened to Mendez when he tweeted this a year ago. He got destroyed. I, but I would like. I mean, like if I have to, he said cheer Jason Spets is a good guy. Way. I would happily cheer to see him win a Stanley yeah, Cup. Yeah, like I'm, oh, I'm still well. not cheering for your team to I get, get there. But if they get there, I'm going to be happy to see the guy get his cup. Get his cup. But I don't know. How do you shake the the ghosts? At some point, you just you win or you don't. Like I have very little interest in. I do widely and freely acknowledge last year was their best chance. At yeah. Montreal, Winnipeg, Edmonton, whatever, to get out of the Canadian division. And even if you didn't win it all, you you know you could have made some noise, and they didn't, and that was horrendous. This is the best Leaf team I've seen in my lifetime. And it happens to come at a time when, oh no, the Florida Panthers are suddenly great. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are two-time defending champions. And the Bruins won't goddamn die. And the division (coughs) is very difficult. So I don't know how necessarily this is going to go. It sure looks like Toronto is going to play Tampa in the first round. And Tampa thumped the hell out of Toronto on Thursday night, and everybody said, "Oh my God, that's a, arbit- you know, a harbinger of things to come." And nobody paid any attention to the fact that a week before that, Toronto lit up Vasilevsky for six and stomped <laughs> them at home. Right? It's just not the story that anybody wants to tell. There's a certain amount of Toronto fans, and you know, Toronto fans fearing the worst, and everyone else hoping. Or the worst. Yeah, it, I find it fascinating because I mean, I t- I'll talk shit about the Leafs constantly if given the opportunity because I'm programmed that way. But sure, like they're they're obviously a very strong team. Yeah, but there's always something, and I don't know if that's just my unbridled hatred for them, <laughs> or like it's something that's just there that you always feel like this time of year calamity going to the playoffs. Looms. Like it's just you know Matthews getting banged up, right? Um, your other guy on the top line, Marner. Mar- no, no, no. The one that oh, Bunting. He's bun- out. Bunting. For... He's out for a bit. Yep. Um, so like you start to see like, yep. There's just always something there, and I get that's part of playing a long season. But well, with the Leafs, there just feels like it's always like even last year. Shit. It wasn't funny, obviously, but Tavares going down in Game One is so Leafs. It's the leafiest. It was the. It was terrifying to watch, and so you don't make light of it and whatever. Like, the, what happened to him was... All, and the, the empty building at that point made it so much worse. Oh, right? yeah. The, so quiet. Yeah. And, yeah. But when you sit back of it, uh, uh, from it and objectively look at it and go, yep, that's what happens to the Leafs. Yeah, that's, so I don't know. And I mean, that's like when the Sens in their, you know, good days or better days when sure. they would always play the Leafs. It was this... Great, they're like great friggin' teams. Yep. I f- really feel I could have fought for a cup if they hadn't gone through the Leafs because whatever mind block yep. was there was yeah. in. So I get like w- like the, the the mental thing with these like hurdles that are so hard to get over. I've seen that with my team, right? So I like that. I'm almost like there's always some weird little thing. Well, so gonna... would it surprise you to learn that I want Boston? Like I I a I think Boston isn't. What they once were. No, I yeah, I, I would take at the Boston same time. Tampa, I think because because you're correctly and I, I get what you're saying. 
about Ottawa versus Toronto because I have had that in the past a bit against Boston. But right now, I believe Tampa can flip the switch. Tampa's they're, a, Tampa's. they're the defending champs. They know what it takes at playoff time to just go and do it. Boston, I don't think they are what they once were. And so give me the God, like, let me slay the goddamn dragon. That's what I want to do yeah, here. That's how I felt about the last Leafs. All right. <laughs> and it, all right. So I mean, all, honestly, at the end of the day, it, that's all of that is such weird mental bullshit. Of course like, it you, is. But it's a real thing. But like, like Ovechkin didn't win his cup till the year they beat the Penguins. And that, and, and guys do think about like, no matter how many times those players will say that it's not like it's a different year, it's right. a different team. No, of course, that's always in the back of everyone's heads because you all, all that's all you hear about. Yeah. You can say like Matthews or whoever, or Margaret can say they don't read their own press. <laughs> Number one, that's nonsense. Like every athlete I've ever met that actually goes out of their way to say they don't read their own right. press or reads their own shit. <laughs> um, some people legitimately don't care. I like, those are the best guys. Cause like, like I play sports for a living. Let they pay me like, you can call, yeah, you fuck can whatever, man. Whatever. But, yeah. um, yeah, it's just, uh, you hear those things and it would, I mean, they're he- people like they're yep. like that stuff would be no matter how cool you can talk it the you know f- brush it off former sense coach there paul mcclain he i don't know if he still does last year he worked as something just below an assistant coach with the leafs he wasn't on the bench like but he was a consultant of some sure. kind. yeah and he was in that i don't know if you watched it you probably did because you like watching me suffer that amazon all or nothing i did see of course you did uh and he was quoted in that final episode saying that they need to to conquer the demons. He goes, they got, there's demons under their beds. There's demons in their car. Every time they fucking turn around, this team has demons. And so they just, they just got to win one, right? They just, they got to find a way. And, and I see Leaf fans tying themselves in knots over how you want to align the fourth line or what the D pairings are going to be or whatever. It's no more complicated than what you saw last year against Montreal. If Matthews and Marner are going, you're going to be fine. If they don't get it done again, you won't. Trouble. It's over. It's no more complicated than that. But the flip side of that is that mental block. If you do get through that first round, you could roll. You could really roll. Yeah. And that I'll, I'll give the Leafs that. Like if they can get through the first round, like that, they could be very right tough to stop. Yeah. Depending on how hurt their star players are <laughs> and remain throughout that. But you understand the necessity that I'm going to feel to like mute you during the first round of the I, playoffs. I, I, would, I would mute me too. <laughs> I'm going to live tweet the whole fucking thing. No doubt, no, man. Uh, and this is it. As as someone trying to run a, a show here in Ottawa, I have far more sense influence on my timeline than I would like to admit. And it makes those, it makes playoff leaf hockey unbearable Especially on my Especially when the Sens aren't in the playoffs and we That's have what I mean. else to do with it. Everybody just yeah. decides... The Sens are out. Who are the Leafs playing? Okay, that's my team. Like, I'm just, I, I'm, and I'm people hate arguing with me about sports. So I'll be like, I don't care if my team sucks. I will skewer yours right. because I'm a sociopath. There is something though about this fan base in Ottawa, and I don't even know that I necessarily blame them. Right when you come up between Toronto and Montreal, there is, and I understand that this is going to come off as condescending, and it's absolutely meant that way. There is a little brother complex going on, right? And while it is condescending, I don't think it's that untrue that no one's paying attention to us. Um, you know, you you referenced the Gallagher on Stutzla thing, and that came out of Montreal, so fuck them, and and the Leafs, fuck them, and you know, like there is something about this small town that has a big. City franchise. Big chip on its shoulder. Big, like, inferiority complex. A little bit. Yeah, you know, I think that's true. I think for me, more, like, personally, I just really enjoy banter and chirping in sports. I think 
every sport needs more of it. I think like if it's good. Yeah, but I think you you need to argue with your friends because I think that's what makes sports okay, fun. But if you so, like, send me I, plan the parade, I'm muting you. I'm that I need something better. Than no, that, yeah, man. no, you gotta like, be. Cle- I always say that about anything. Yeah. If you're gonna shit talk me, like be clever. Yeah, about it. like I want to ha- like bring guys, something good same thing here on Twitter. If like all I got like when you're talking about like the trucker yeah, protest or whatever, on the golf course. But it's yeah. not even sports. But it's like no, yes. when when the trucker occupation was here, you'd say something about it, and you'd get a response being like, "Well, fuck Trudeau." I'm like, that's not. <laughs> come on, like I'm willing to entertain your like whatever yeah. argument you want like come for me like yeah. let's have a little bit of a back and bring forth. something here that's all i'm Don't saying just man go for the low-hanging like repetitive fruit i right. want i want a challenge if we're gonna argue yeah and that's it and Especially so because i have a bad habit of responding to these troll accounts so with two followers and i'm terrible. like why? why why do i do it yeah i'll tell you why it's because i'm drinking and i'm stopping next my mom hates it my mom doesn't like it when i get in arguments on twitter because she thinks people get are mean. Is your mom on Twitter? She's she's on Twitter, but you doesn't can't tweet. let mom follow you. She just you know she just lurks. Both my parents just no, lurk. See, so not. they know the shit I get into. Okay, no. See, my parents they do occasionally listen to the show. Um, they would have. They're not on Twitter. They don't lurk on Twitter. And thank God for that. <laughs> How right? do you know? Because well, I guess right, mm. but uh, they they typically uh, now Instagram now and then, but Instagram we just have pictures, of beers at all can audio. Give us a follow. Hi, mom. Um. It's, but I, I find myself, I end up down these rabbit holes and I wake up in the morning and just like, why did you do that? Why did you even engage with that loser who's still sending replies 12 hours hour later? Doing that. Yeah. And then they go, <laughs> they keep going. You wake up and you've got four more mentions. Yes. Stuff you never said. Right. Like, <laughs> who are, sorry, I started this, but like, it just, it, shit. it just bugs me a little in the sense that if you have something good, like that's why uh, there are lots of good sends accounts. Like Sends Chirp is really good. Six Sends is good. James Wood has is very good at chirping the Leafs. I I, I have time for that. So he's so good. Yeah, the pun, the pun master. Yes, general I have time or... for all of that stuff. Right? It's the people that come at you. with, Well, that's why they'll be golfing in two weeks. Oh, yeah, and good like, one. Thanks. And some people take it too personally. Like they get too vicious or whatever. Like it's still hockey. Yeah. Like you it, can be clever and you can shit talk teams without men. being like. An, asshole about it the guys i don't like the guys that are wearing a different color shirt than the guys i like is essentially what we've done yeah here. this is yeah. what we boiled it down to the guys that I don't like in the opposite shirt. direction yeah. <laughs> as our guys yeah. are bad guys it's true man it's like when dogs bark at other dogs like fuck you for being another dog <laughs> <laughs> this is my dog area get out of my dog area oh man what do we think of the bobby margarita as we get to the bottom of it here i like it it's not my f- like favorite thing ever because margaritas aren't my favorite thing ever, but I think they did a really good job. For in terms of capturing it in, yeah, in can it form. it certainly tastes like a margarita in All a right. can. Uh, it's far better than I expected because I didn't know what to expect. And I, like I said, uh, talking about the, the banana bourbon, that made me cringe. This absolutely did not. And while I don't think it would be the first thing I would look for when I showed up at a bar or whatever... Um, I would absolutely not turn one down if you were handing it on a patio or whatever. Yeah. It's a good summer drink. Right. Anything else for this one, Matt? Well, I would say that the 67s are in the playoffs right now. And when people are listening to this on Monday, Monday um, the 67s are playing Monday night at TD Place at 7 p.m., game three. Um, trying to get back in the series. They lost the first two on the road. Tight game. I think North Bay scored with two and a half seconds left in the last one. Um, to win to win that one. So um, this team, you know, it's a it's a grinding, scrappy team. Junior hockey is really cyclical in terms of you know you build yes. up your young guys and then you get your powerhouse and you go back. And, you know, that's the idea, anyways. This team is 
probably punched above its weight class a little bit this year, and they're they're in for one. So uh, really good price tickets. Come see us. Come hang out, and then come watch training camp mid May. Can we we're do gonna, that? We're gonna let fans back in the stands to watch practices and stuff. Nice. It's gonna be great. We got Hoff lurking around, trying to t- twist some arms, get people in here from the Red Blacks to uh, yeah, we're gonna to have talk some, about the we'll, season. Yeah, we got to get Josh in here to talk about Josh, it, to all be things awesome. behind the R because he doesn't get enough credit because he likes it that way. Trading behind the camera and doing his thing, but he deserves more because what he's done for us content wise has been fantastic. Traded a couple tweets there with uh, Sherrod Baltimore my the other favorite, day. My favorite. Um, and uh, he seems like he might be down to come in. And, uh, and we got Hoff working on some other things around the Absolutely. management and coaching staff. Oh, you as get, well, get, so. get Rod in here. He's a. He's one of the best people I know on this team. He's he's a guy that came in as a walk-on, um, open tryout guy. No one knew really anything about him, and he's carved out this really cool spot, both on the field and in the community. He lives here year-round. Big 67s fans, comes to nice. a lot of the games. Uh, just a really, really nice guy and uh, loves loves what he does. So well, it seems he like he's down. So, yeah, uh, let's, get, let's get him on here. We'll, we'll do that. So, uh, Hoff, appreciate it as always, man. Where can the people follow you? Always a pleasure, and thank you for having me. It's nice to be uh, out of my it's been a while. room. I yeah. know. And yeah, yeah, you find people can follow me on Instagram at Hoff on Sports or on Twitter at Chris Hoffley. Um, I think that's all the the social medias. You're I think I'm TikTok I think guy. I'm on TikTok at Hoffley, and it's just <laughs> the odd. Like every couple months, I'll post a picture of my wiener dog. So. Um, that but last, I said dog that last word that. Was hey, man. Um, so yes, no, Instagram and Twitter are where I do the bulk of my musings. If we can call them that. Yeah, for sure. Sketch. Um, we appreciate it, man. It's always good. Uh, you've been on a few times here recently online, but, uh, great to do these in person again. And hopefully we're in a position now, hopefully to do that more and more often moving forward and have people, uh, here in person. So uh, appreciate you making the time. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio, Facebook.com slash Tall Can Audio. Make sure you're subscribed on your podcast apps, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Pods, wherever you're hearing us right now. I use Overcast. I like Overcast. I do too. It's not a bad little app. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Overcast as well. Uh, whether it's follow or subscribe, there's a button there. You're going to want to go ahead. You can hit that. We're going to keep the good shit coming for you. Uh, that's Tall Can Audio for another week. We will catch you all on the next one. That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire, inside a train wreck. It was a disgrace. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at TallCanAudio.com or by searching TallCan Audio on your favorite podcast app.